We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jared. How about you? I'm not doing too bad. Excited to talk some... Uh, Love the enthusiasm. I know, we got a little enthusiasm. We're like mid-work day on lunch break here doing this, so um, chill out with that. You know, I'm staring at a computer all day doing marketing stuff, but... Uh, but besides the point, besides the point, um, yeah, it's going, it's going. We got, we're going to talk a little roster cuts, I think. I feel like we should talk that. And we got some questions to finish up as well. And just to start this off, I know that I said that, like I called the last podcast Reed Detmers. I totally thought we talked about Reed Detmers a lot. So off, I apologize. off the record, we did. We definitely did off the record because it was like a constant, like, we, yeah, we definitely talked off the record about it because, yeah, but. Let's just like kind of start there. Reed Detmers is going to win the uh, rookie of the year. Can I just say that right now? Like since I named the last podcast that I'm sorry again, guys for that. Um, but let's talk about it right now. Reed Detmers is going to win rookie of the year. Is that a fair? Is that fair? No, my favorite prospect in all of baseball is going to win rookie of the year. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt even, is he starting up there? there? It sounds like he's he's got a real shot to make the team in Kansas City, even if he doesn't. Uh, make the team out of spring. I think he makes the team within the first two months, and all you need is a couple months. There's a lot of good young there is coming up. Yeah, Adley I mean, I think, coming up, right? Adley will probably make his big league debut this year. J-Rod probably makes his big league debut mm-hmm. this year. Uh, like I said, Bobby Witt Jr. You got a shot to see Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green to make the team out of spring. That would be impressive for those two young guys. So there's a lot of talent this year at Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm not going to say Reed Detmers can't win it, but it, it usually, if a position player puts up good numbers, they typically will lean position player over pitcher just because they play a little bit more. So, and and you got to love the the swing comparisons between uh, Bobby Witt Jr. and Mike Trout. Don't do that. 
I didn't do it. No, I know, I know, and it's just I didn't do it, but it's a thing. Same, same. It's a thing. New Year's same story type of thing, you know. Like we can't compare stuff. To, don't compare anybody to Mike. I compared Trump. Swing Path, and that is it. I did not compare players. We can all have batting practice swings like Mike Trout has. All right, can all have. Yeah, batting. but but he did it in work. game. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And and looking at the top 100 list uh, on Pipeline, you have Wit uh, Rushman, who's probably going to make his uh, MLB debut this year. Yep. J Rod, like you mentioned, Torque, Riley Green, uh, Grayson Rodriguez probably makes his MLB Possibly, debut. Yeah. Debut. Gabriel Moreno. Um, he's working in AAA for Toronto. I know there's a lot of catchers there, but like top 10 prospect, it's going to be hard not to bring him up, especially with, uh, with the year they're about to have. Um, Volpe probably doesn't make it. Nope. I would assume CJ Abrams has a chance to, to make it if there's an injury or two. That's National League though. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Well, I mean the top, let's see the top, uh, let's top eight prospects in baseball are all AL guys. Yes. For the pipeline. And then you go yes. Abrams, who's San Diego, Alvarez, who's uh, with the Mets. Uh, and then oh, you go AL, AL again with – Shane could Shane could throw a while too. Tampa Bay, yeah, that's going to be tough. Tristan, Tristan Casas is, is up already in Boston. I mean, three Detmers again, like we mentioned. We saw Hunter, Hunter Green's going to pitch uh, – He did make the – yeah, he did make the rotation. Congrats to the SoCal kid. Yeah. Dude, this this is a this is gonna be a fun year of young players. I mean, uh, damn, that's this is impressive actually. Really impressive to see. I know it's pipeline and everything, and kind of take it with a grain of salt with pipeline. But regardless, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's definitely definitely interesting. So, guys, just want to thank you all so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos again, making us the best angels podcast out there. I don't even have to like say that I think we are. I know we're the best angels podcast out there. Again, I don't want to be cocky or anything like that. Um, cocky is not a thing. Confident is I'm confident that we are the best angels podcast out there. Sorry. A little bit of a, a leadership advice there from, from Jared. Um, but yeah, again, making us the best angels podcast out there. Um, if you could, uh, go subscribe, hit that, uh, is there a bell? Everybody says hit the bell on, on yeah. yeah. Hit the bell. Is that a thing? Yeah. Hit the bell, hit the bell. I don't know. I'm going to start saying that too. Um, subscribe to us again, wherever you're listening to us, YouTube, uh, let's see, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast. That's where we will be. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim. You can follow Nate at Nate Green 34 and Nate, let's get it rolling here. Let's talk actual angels baseball. I do like talking baseball prospects in general, but we do have some cuts that need to happen here fairly soon. Um, I don't know when, that's going to be, but they have to, they have to have next Wednesday. Yeah. They have to have, they have to definitely happen soon. Uh, we're looking at the roster right now. They need to make four cuts. We think it's down to five, six players, right? I mean, yeah. you look at, you look at it and Cooper Criswell's still there. I don't think he's pitched this. Uh, he this, has not thrown yet. This hasn't this spring, at just, least in big league camp. Yeah. Assume that he's probably not going to make it. I know he's been dealing with dealing with a uh, shoulder injury. Jimmy Hergit's another name where I'm still surprised that he's on the angels at the moment. Um, but at the same time, he he did pitch well, and I don't mind. Um, I don't mind that type of thing. So um, I, I honestly do think he pitched kind of well, and it's funky. It's I, I know it's not ideal coming out of the bullpen, but it's a change of pace. Like you get, you see Jose Marte and Ali Ortega, two other names that possibly you know get cut, um, get cut and go down to AAA or make the make the opening day roster, and those guys are you know, upper nineties. And then you throw Jimmy Herget, who's a low nineties guy coming from like where his shoulder is shot, putting the ball. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's different. I know that that's kind of weird to say that, but it's different and it could actually, you know, really, really play up for them. Um, Jose Quijada is another name. I think, I think he's going to make the team, but it's still worth noting that he may not make the team. Jose Rojas is a name that has been really good this spring, but we've seen him really good in the spring in the past. And I think he almost led the, uh, led the angels in doubles for the first half of the season last year. I think he had nine in like 18 games or something like that. Um, some, some crazy to start the season off. He got really hot and he is the SoCal kid. So it's, it's always good to see that as well. Um, but other than that, I think that's kind of what you're down to. Is, There's one more that angel fans think should be cut. Um, David Fletcher. Jaime Berea. Jaime Berea. That, that is a name. I don't think you can cut Everyone him. keeps mentioning Jaime Berea. I don't think you, you can get rid of him. I know everyone's like, oh, you sent him to the bullpen and, you know, you might lose a potential starter out of Jaime Berea. But, like, what he could be in the bullpen would be very, very huge for a team that, you know, has some question marks in their, bull, in their starting rotation. And, you know, if we have a guy like Jose Suarez goes out there and goes, you know, an inning and a third, we don't want to run through seven different pitchers in a day. And we don't really have a guy who it's like, oh, hey, go get us three or four, maybe five innings and just kind of eat it for us for today. We'll give you two days off and, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen again for another couple of days. But And he throws upper nines out of the pen. So he could be he could be very good. You say how many throws upper nines out of the pen? Like 97. He's 95, 97. Mm-hmm. I, I saw him hit a seven last year. I swear I saw him hit Find a out when you saw Jaime Briet touch 97. If you told me he touched 95, I'd be like, wow, that that he hit 95. I, I thought he was 93, 95 last year. I, I could see 90, I could see 90, 92, 94 touching 95. Maybe Let's see. Um, yeah, t- show me what his max veto was last year. I, I want to see. Um, but on the Jaime Briet train as well, you know, he's only 25 years old. Yes, I know that. Yeah, he's still like he's still young. I didn't know. I I didn't even know that looking at. It. I thought he was like twenty six, twenty seven. He came up young, um, and you know, like he's just hitting his prime right now. I don't. I, I wouldn't want to get rid of it. I know that you know he's just he's one of those guys who's going to eat up innings in the bullpen. But everybody needs one, and, and again, he's hitting his prime. You know, you don't. He was a top prospect for the Angels at one point. The uh, the fastball and changeup play really well. I know the the slider has been in the works as well. Um, you know, I, I'm. You only I, need two pitches out of the pen. Yeah. You don't need fastball. All. Fastball changeup works. You know, you look at Jose Suarez, who had a heck of a season. You look at even uh, I know Patrick Sandoval. The slider is a lot better. Um, but you look at Patrick Sandoval, another guy with that lefty lefty changeup that's disgusting. Um, and and yeah, actually, two of the best changeups in baseball when you look at it statistically, uh, in Suarez and and Sandoval. So yeah, I I'm not with it yet. I I don't think that. They should quite let him go yet. You got? Do you have stats yet? On do you have uh, Max V? I just have I just have his average, which, which was ninety four, ninety three point two, ninety three point two. Yeah, yeah. I said I, I don't I, I can't imagine him hitting ninety seven. Um, if you told me like ninety five, ninety six, I'd be like, mm. we'll just say the gun was juiced that day. Okay, that's fine. You know, it was the it was the Bally Sports Fox Sports uh, <laughs> one, and they were playing in Texas, so it was really hot, but. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not quite with it. I think Berea makes the team. I'd be I'd be shocked if he didn't make the team. Uh, but then again, weirder things have happened. So let's get back on to some of these questions. We got a 
you to go through it here again and again, guys. I'm sorry that I mentioned the Reed Detmers thing last time. I, I botched that one. Everybody makes mistakes, though. So, uh, so hang with us here on this one. So first question comes from our boy Dominic Saldana, um, a.k.a. Nate's Burner. Um, if you don't follow Nate's Burner, go ahead and go follow Nate's Burner. Right now. I wish. Yeah, I wish. That's why, uh, that's why I put you in a group chat, right? Us three, yeah. me, my Burner, and you in a group yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, So you talk, you talk in two different... <laughs> I respond to my own group chat. Yeah, I love it. I love it though. I love it though. Um, it's fantastic. Um, I love getting all the ideas from Dom. So his question though was, when rosters revert back to 26 in May, obviously two players get sent down. Does that count as one of their five player options for the season? That just came out today. I'm very glad we did not answer that question earlier. It did just come out today. So um, today being March 31st, because we are doing this on Thursday. I guess no. Uh, it does not, as long as they send him down before May 2nd. So May 2nd is the day where rosters have to be back to 26. So if you send them down May 1st, which everyone should do, yeah. then you are good. It will not count against you. But if you wait until May 2nd, then it will count as one of your five. I like it. I, like, I, I do like that rule. So, so basically, wait, so time out here. Are there anyone... Are there anyone. any options before then? Anyone can go up or down, and it does not count. It doesn't count. I like that. Until May 2nd. May so, 2nd, you send a guy down, then it counts as option number one. So – At least that's the way I understand. So that brings up the question. We, we just mentioned guys not making the team. Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele. You know, those don't count as options now, right? As weird as that sounds. But those, know, guys like, need to, those, those guys, guys need, need, need to be on the roster to win games. I know. I think those guys need to be up, and, and I think those guys need to play, but, like – you know, Brandon Marsh doesn't really have a spot right now, you know, but like, no, he does. He does. Kind of. He's better than Justin Upton in the outfield. Yes, he is. And I agree with that. But like, he, like, you know, Justin Upton's going to get all the, you know, we'll see all the chances in the world to play. We'll see. Right. I mean, you would have said the same thing about Albert Pujols last year going into the year. Oh, he's going to get every single chance to play. And he didn't get every single chance to play. Well, he, he he started on opening day, and then they put Justin, and then they put Jared Walsh in, and it was like, well, this needs to happen all the time. Like you can't, Jared Walsh should not not play at all. Like if it's Albert Pool, like they should have they should have platooned him. Like plain and simple, it should have been. But I'm just saying, like, how hard would that be for Marsh to get one opportunity to go off, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, Justin Upton's going to take a backseat. Yeah, and I don't know how much Marsh has practiced this, but I know that he's practiced first base in the past. Um, not saying that that's an option because his value comes as a defender in the outfield, but like just throwing that out there, you never know with Joe Madden. Like it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw Brandon Marsh at first base randomly out of nowhere, like in the seventh or eighth inning of a game. It was like, you know, he came probably in not the, seventh or eighth inning. You get what I'm saying? Too defensive, but he's too good defensively in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I can't. Probably like, huh? in a, like a yeah, you're right. Not in the seventh or eighth. Maybe, maybe like a spot start because like they're facing a tough lefty and he's been hot. And you're like, okay, we'll let him play left field because Upton doesn't, or we'll let him play first base and Upton play left field because Upton doesn't look a hundred percent comfortable at first. I could see it, especially if they're facing like a Chris Sale who would probably be very tough for Jared Walsh. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, just keep that in the back of your head. You know, like the, he's been there, done that. I know he's practiced. I don't know if he's done that this this spring or not. So good question there from Dom. I, like I said, I don't know about Marsh and Adele. We'll see. We'll kind of see. I'm interested in all this option stuff. It'll be 
very, very interesting to see. So next question comes from John Gannon. Um, kind of a question. You're going to like this one, I think. Um, how can we see clearly that Kurt Suzuki sucks at everything catching related, but the Angels front office apparently can't? Can I answer? You can. Okay. Kurt Suzuki, and we've had this conversation many times in the past, and I know people don't like this. I know people do, don't like it, and we've had and we've had fans that your, like your answer is cupcake. Like, just just get it over with. That's fine. I know, I know, and I I do have to get it over. There's with. a lot of fluff in this answer. There is. There is. I'm fluffing it up. Fluffing it up. Um. Yeah. But uh, leadership in the clubhouse. I know, and I know we wanted that as a coach. Um. But no. I know. I know, I know. It's very a, tough to lead from the bench. It's a leadership in the clubhouse thing. I totally understand it. We've we've been over this before with the Albert Pujols thing, with who stands next to Albert Pujols every national anthem, Mike Trout. You know, there's a reason why those two stand together. As weird as that sounds, there's a reason why Kurt Suzuki is back on the, you know, and and I understand. I get it. I totally yeah. do. Yeah, He's there is a reason. You want another reason? Guy. You want another reason? There were no other catchers wanting to sign with the Angels. Like there, there weren't that many free agent catchers to begin with. Um, and then on top really of it, wanted it, if you really wanted to, like you would have had to overpay for somebody. That's like, what do you? You're gonna overpay somebody to like? Curse Suzuki. Backup catcher. Curse Suzuki got overpaid. Oh, he did absolutely. But like that, that's literally what you were gonna have to do to get somebody to come because it, a lot of the free agents wanted to stay East Coast. Is what it looked like. And, um, it it was just like, that's, that's what was left. Like, and I think, um, we were a little, Perry's a little comfortable with Kurt. So it's just one of those comfort things where he has seen the offense before and he's hoping that there will be offense again. But honestly, I don't think there were many options. You could have probably made a trade, but why give up prospects for, a guy that you would rather just give 1.7 and hope he regains offensive force. Yeah. Like I said, it's a fluff answer. Um, it's a leadership thing. I, I get it. Sure. I get it. I get it. I get it. But there, we've talked about this before again, clubhouse, clubhouse presence, Nate's that's what the angels were missing for a while. The angels have gone out and done that. You're disappointed that uh, it's Kurt Suzuki. I think everybody is. I totally get it, Nate. I do. I really do. But it's a leadership thing. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's the Uber clubhouse guy that ever that you're saying he is. I haven't heard that about him. Uh, you know, if he came from the Red Sox, you know, after a World Series, I'd probably believe you like a Johnny Gomes, Mike Napoli, those type of guys who are really good in the clubhouse. Um, if he came from, I don't know, the Red Sox seem to be really good with that. They, they really think that clubhouse uh, chemistry is a big deal. So, not really a place that I've seen him. Uh, doesn't mean he's not the clubhouse guy. It's just not something that gets talked about too much with him. So, yep. Good question. I guess question comment there. We know Kurt Suzuki is not a good defensive catcher. We know, you know, everything, but we don't know behind the scenes. So it was a real question. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was. I'm just saying, don't know behind the scenes. So um, good question. Next question comes from Anthony Rengoat. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, at Tony Two Bags, I think is what it is. Um, realistically, how do you want a second base shortstop playing out this year? Not the way it's going to. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, with with what the so like, can I rephrase that question? With what the Angels have, how do you want it to play out? 
Still not the way it's going to. David Fletcher is going to play shortstop probably 140 games this year from what it looks like. Joe Madden came out and said David Fletcher is the starting shortstop opening day. So that does not mean things could could not change. You know, things could obviously change. There, there could be someone available that the Angels didn't think would be available. Fletcher may struggle early and have to move back to second. Um, I would prefer to see Tyler Wade at shortstop every day. And then Duffy and Fletcher, you know, just kind of platooning a little bit. Duffy platooning with Wade more. So maybe Fletcher only plays like 30 games at shortstop. And instead of 140, which I think Wade should play about 140 games at shortstop so with the, what the Angels have right now. So the question that starts, how many how many different guys are going to play shortstop this year? You got Renifo, you got Fletcher, you got Wade. I would assume Duffy at some point will probably maybe, play shortstop. maybe. So you got four guys. Divide did that you, by. Did one. you say Mayfield? Mayfield probably gets a little bit in there. You get. Uh, let's see. Velasquez. The over under is five and a half. Over under is five and a half. But like the legit guys that are going to start up. So I those, have it over. Those five guys. Well, Renifo's not even starting up at this point. No, he's not. So, so you look at it. Let's say let's say one sixty divided by four. My math is horrendously bad. That's what forty games each ish. So you know. Yeah. You, 40 games each from each of those guys. Um, if each guy got, and this is going to sound weird, if each guy played 60 games there, um, I know that's over it, but like you're able to platoon and mix guys in, you know, late in the games and such like that. And, and, um, and, and you didn't have any injuries. I'd be okay with like 60 games each between those four guys. And then, you know, whatever happened with Renifo and, and Vasquez and, and those type of guys that, that is what it is. But you kind of get what I'm saying with that 60 games each type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Where, you know, maybe Duffy started the game at short seventh, eighth yeah. inning. It's like, Hey, we'll just throw Wade in there. And yep. he's probably a little bit better defender. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I really want to see Wade David play. Fletcher needs to get the majority of the reps there just because I know that's bad. Like if, if David Fletcher played a hundred games there, that's where I'd be like, okay, that's okay. That's fine. Cause then, you know, like you, you bring some different guys in there, you know, you can more platoon at second base in a sense. I don't want to see anybody play more than a hundred games. Like if it was me and this is going to sound really weird, I don't want to see any of those guys play more than a hundred games in general, including David Fletcher. Like I think all those I think guys he's are, going to play about 145 to 150 I, games I total. Too. And he's going to play about 130 to 140 games at shortstop. I, too, but I want to see Tyler Wade get a real chance. I think Tyler Wade is something that he brings something different to the offense that the offense hasn't had in a while. Yeah. Uh, he brings a speed element to this offense where it's like he can bunt, he can steal, he can force action, he can hit and run, which I know Joe loves to do. So he will make this offense a lot better if he plays every day. But it is, a, it is really hard for a guy who's only playing, you know, t- two, three times a week to really be good offensively. So I really want to see him get a chance. And you bring up a good point there, and we'll just kind of end, on, end it on this. But like, we've talked about guys getting consistent time and not like not knowing what's going on in a sense. I know this is, this is, you know, been premeditated before the season that this is going to happen, but like you got to find, figure out how to get on a roll. And some of these guys may not play this role very well. I know Wade has done it well in the past, but, uh, but some guys need like legitimate time, you know, as weird as that sounds like if you're playing two days a week, that's hard to get, you know, your live ABs in. And I know you're taking BP and taking ground balls, but nothing is live. So getting on a roll like that is completely different. Yeah, exactly. Getting on, getting on some type of role where you're playing consistent games. Um, 
that's that's going to be kind of huge too. So we'll see how it how it rolls out. If if I'm I'm on the I don't hope I hope that none of these guys play a hundred games, but that is what it is. Like if everybody put up Matt Duffy numbers from last year, I'd be perfectly happy. Ninety games each at each position in a sense. I think that would work, but that's not how it's going to roll. I don't think. I think Fletcher's going to get it. So, uh, good question there. Next question comes from uh, Will Willie Schaefer. Uh, would love to hear your guys' thoughts on Matt Theis. Um, I'll start it off. Um, good arm. Uh, defense has gotten better defensively down in the minors behind the dish that I've noticed at least. Um, doesn't have the leadership ability yet behind the plate, but. Will, would probably be one of the better offensive catchers in baseball. Is that fair to say? Is that weird? That is weird to say, especially since you're looking at Real Muto, Contreras. Like, there's there's a bunch of guys. Garver's even pretty good offensively. Um, there, there's a bunch of offensive catchers right now, especially with the way the game's going. Yeah. So it would be hard to say that he's going to be the one of the top because when you say one of the better, I, offensive, I say top. I say top ten. Like I, I was say, like if he got consistent. If you got consistent ABs behind the plate, it'd be a top ten catcher. Maybe it would, it would be close. He would be in that. I don't even want to compare this guy. I wanted I wanted to say like in the Gary Sanchez era, Dude, where like yeah, he's different. hitting two twenty and like twenty bombs, but he probably hits for a better average, less power than Gary. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. There, there's so many catchers that rake. It, it would be hard. I mean, you can call Salvador Perez. Um, Rio Muto, Contreras. I, I said you can call him. That's why I said it that way. Um, Contreras, Rio Muto. There, there's just so many guys. Will Smith rakes. Uh, I know we talked about him the other day. So there, he's probably closer to 15th to 20 range, but I could see him being a serviceable catcher yeah. in the major leagues. Yeah, he just needs to, at the end of the day, needs to do the job description. Um, well, or, you know, the, uh, the robot umpires need to come into play. So good question there. Uh, let's get on to our last question here. This one kind of sounds a little funky, so I might modify it a little bit. I think it's bullpen. Um, but, uh, this one comes from Austin, um, with the angels bolstering their own this off season, does it make them then competitive enough to make a run at the division? And like I said, I think it's bullpen. I think what he meant was bullpen. So, uh, we'll at, at the division, Nate, I think I know your answer to this. Go ahead and take well, it to the negative. I'll just, I'll, I'll just say Joe Madden came out and said the other day, he said, you know, this team really reminds me a lot of 2002. You know, Percival Iglesias, and then they had Weber, Donnelly, Scott Shields, and Frankie later added to that to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, that bullpen put up a 2.98 ERA. The starters put up a 4.00 ERA. So, if you want a chance to win the division, one, you need Houston to be very injured. I think Houston's got a very good ball club. Whether they cheat or not, they're still a very good ball club. Um, They are getting Justin Verlander back to a rotation that honestly struggled last year. Like, Grinky didn't pitch as good, and uh, Verlander got hurt early. So, they're getting Verlander back, which is going to be tough for the Angels as well. They'll see him. I think he's throwing game three, if I remember correctly of the season. So they will see him. And you're also going to need Jeremy Pena and Lesmez Diaz, guys like that. They're shortstops to really, really underperform because yes, they are a very offensive team. They got Kyle Tucker. They got Michael Brantley. 
Um, they got Altuve, Bregman, like all these guys are, are very talented offensively. Um, you're going to need that, that team to underperform. When it comes to the Angels' bullpen, the Angels do have a good bullpen. I think MLB came out and ranked them sixth. Is that what it was? Six in major leagues. Six in the major leagues, which is which is good. Yeah, which is a very good bullpen. Um, they're gonna need some. They're gonna need some help. I think offensively, everyone expects them to be just absolutely stupid. I I'm not gonna say absolutely stupid. I I want to see. There's so many question marks for me offensively with with Walsh. Can he hit uh, again? Um, and then, you know, our, our friends telling us that Jake Cronenworth isn't a proven player. So according to that, Jared Walsh is not a proven player. So I'm going to put a question mark on him. Joe Dell is going to be a question mark. Obviously, Brandon Marsh is going to be a question mark. One whoever plays, whoever plays second base or shortstop is going to be a question mark. So there's going to be six question marks in this lineup, five question marks in this lineup, depending on how you want to look at it. So if this team can continue to hit and, the bullpen pitches to what is expected because we know that it's not always to expect that Archie Bradley was very good at points last year and very, very bad at points last year. Aaron loop has been very, very bad in his career until the last, what, three years. Um, Tapara has been very, very average. And then this last year he was very, very good. So yes, they have a quality bullpen. It, it needs to pitch up to the expectations and you're going to need some help. I think that this roster still needs a player or two to win a division, especially when you're competing with the likes of Houston and, you know, Seattle got better um, and Texas got better. So it's going to be a tough division. It's not going to be like, oh, it's there for the taking. It's still Houston's division until somebody takes it from them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, you can't count out anybody in the West this year. I mean, even Oakland, I know he's made some trades, but, like, We've talked about it before. It's Oakland. Like, you know, they were projected to win like 60 games a couple of years ago and just continued to, to be Oakland. So like I said, can't, can't count anybody out, including the angels. Can't count the angels out. I know they have been un, unlucky, I think is the correct term in the past with injuries and, and everything like that. But, but yeah, you know, you can't count anybody out. It's going to be a tough division. I think the AL, AL is a tough league in general this year. I mean, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the amount of, minor leaguers that are going to be coming up and the youth that's going to be coming up this year in the AL alone. Um, so yeah, you just, you can't count anybody out this year. I mean, the only teams that I think you can really count out at the moment are the Baltimore Orioles. That's really the only team in the AL that you're like, they're not going to really probably do anything. You know, everybody else like the central, I think all five teams can make it and make, you know, can make it interesting. Even, even Cleveland, who Kansas City, Kansas Detroit, City I, I could see Cleveland going and just saying, you know what, we started the year, you know, ten and three. Our pitchers have been lights out. Our offense has been very bad. Michael Conforto, our checkbook is open. Here's, you know, whatever we can give you. Let's see if you can go help this offense. Exactly. So I could easily see Cleveland doing that and going to make a run in that division. Chicago's going to be good. Minnesota. I'm always going to say Minnesota sucks just because my good friend is a Twins fan. Shout out to him. He knows who he is right now. Um, uh, so, yeah, Twins last place always. That's always my rule. And even if they make the playoffs, they still haven't won a playoff game um, before the Angels. The Angels have won a playoff game more recently than the Minnesota Twins. Right. So we All can right. go to sleep we happy. We get it. We get it. All right. 
I know. Go ahead and show that. Show this to Hot Dog when he. Oh, he he'll get it. That's good. Very good. So yeah, but back on to it before Nate went on his little rant there. Um, it's the American League is wide open. I don't think there's a favorite to win the World Series. I know that like everybody's saying someone from the East is going to do it, but I don't think there's a favorite to win the World Series this year, and I don't think there's a favorite in any division. I think that like you could you could pick a name from a hat and be like Jared the. Detroit Tigers are winning in the central and the Mariners are winning in the West. And I'd be like, yeah, makes sense to me. Like, I think, I think they could do it. <laughs> Definitely do, you know? So, you know, that's, that's kind of where it stands. So guys, again, thanks for all the questions over this last week. We're going to, we're going to be getting into actual baseball season next year. We're going to have some actual stuff to talk about. Hopefully um, we'll see what happens. I know a lot of signings happen in this next week with guys getting let go. I think a lot of uh, some trades I think might happen uh, down the road. We're already seeing some guys, get uh get let go in the minor leagues um but uh but yeah we'll we'll kind of see how everything goes and see you know how many podcasts we get out next week i think we might go with a fiver since i think next week is next week's opening week right thursday is the first day absolutely i'm excited for that it's going to be a fantastic day i'm not working that day just kidding if my work is listening to this, I don't think they are. But, uh, but yeah, guys, just want to thank you all so much for listening and watching this podcast wherever you're doing that. Hit the subscribe button uh, wherever you're listening or watching. Pound the bell, I guess, is a thing that we got to start saying on YouTube. Um, hit that bell. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim. You can follow Nate at NateGreen34. And, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.